0: If you're a first-time guest and you're joining us or maybe you're here last week, uh, just to let you know, if you're watching online as well, uh, I had a great conversation with a, with a young lady who came last week. And I said, hey, we don't, we don't always talk about money. She was like, I was wondering when I sat down and I was like, this is the first time here and this is what I'm hearing? We don't always, actually, I haven't spoken about generosity uh, in about six years. Now, we'll talk about it, uh, especially when it comes to missions, because we love to be generous and to help spread the gospel over the world. But this series, the heart of this series is to go, how do we build the kingdom of God? How how does our generosity build the kingdom of God? In week one, we, we unpacked how God wants to search us and how he's looking deep within the heart because money reveals... Where our heart is. In week two, uh, we talked about how God wants to shape us. Who's who's on first? And today we're we're hoping to see God, how do you want to stretch us? How, How do you want us to be able to, with our generosity and with our time, treasures, and talents, be able to build your kingdom? And all three weeks, the heart's been, the heart has been, God, with our generosity, how do you how do you want that generosity to impact our lives? How do you want to impact the lives around us? And then how do you want to see that generosity impact the world, right? So it's, it's here, it's local, uh, it's here in the United States, and then it's all over the world. And generosity, here's, here's a great definition of generosity. Generosity is the habit of giving freely without expecting anything in return, right? It's giving freely without expecting anything in return. And that generosity, it can involve our time, Right? When we give our time, are we expecting someone to give their time in return or, or to compensate us for, for our time that we've given to them? It can, it can include our treasures. Right? Are, are, we, are we generous with what God has blessed us with? And then it also includes our talents. God has uniquely gifted all of us. Right? We all have a unique purpose here on planet Earth. And are we fulfilling that? Right? I remember doing a, a sermon, and I think I've done it twice here in 12 years, uh, about being a piece of the puzzle I remember still, how many of you still have your puzzle piece, right? Come on, right? Where, where with, when you do a puzzle and you finish that puzzle and you're missing a piece, you get frustrated. Like it's not complete. And it's the same way with the kingdom of God. We all have talents. And if we're not using those for his glory, then that puzzle is not complete. If you have your Bibles, you can turn, we're gonna, we're gonna again, every week we have probably picked apart. 10 to 15 verses about generosity, about treasures, uh, because I've shared this statistic every week. There are over 2,000 verses that deal with finances or money or treasures. There's a little about 500 on prayer and a little under 500 on faith. And so I think you get the heart of where we're going with this series. In Acts 20, verse 35, it says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's it. Right? It's more blessed to give than to receive. How many of you by a show of hands go, yeah, I totally get that. And that's true. Right? It's, it's better to give. It's more blessed to give. I'm happy when I give versus when I receive. Now, some of you, that may have been a trick question. Like, is that true? Is it true it's more blessed to give than it is to receive? Well, when it's scripture, it has to be true. Because God's word is an error. That means it is incapable of having error. To it. So if God's word says it's more blessed to give than to receive, then we say yes, that's true. And how many know what I'm talking about? You get that feeling, right? When you help somebody, when you're generous with somebody. Uh, in November, every year, we, we do what's called spread the gobble, right, where we have an opportunity to be generous and we put out a little shopping list and you go purchase items for a full Thanksgiving meal. You get that turkey, you get that stuffing, you get the, those potatoes, you get that corn, that green beans, and then you know that you have been a blessing to somebody else. And this year we fed almost 700 people in East Akron because of that generosity. How I many, like when you hear that, don't you, you sit down for Thanksgiving and you're like, this is great, but doesn't it well up something inside of you when you know somebody else is sitting down having a great meal and it's because of your generosity this year, this year, and we've done it, I don't know, probably the past four or five years, Pastor Angel, where we have given $25 gift cards to the teenagers in, Summit County, in the Summit County foster care system. Right, so we, we, we say, hey, this is what we wanna do. And you have a little thank you card, and then we collect those, and then the foster care system passes those out so that every teenager in Summit County received a $25 gift card as a Christmas gift. But not only do we do it, Hundreds of other churches do it in the state of Ohio, and this year we made sure that every teenager, every teenager in the state of Ohio in the foster care system received a $25 gift card. Do you see what happens when we're generous? Doesn't that like, you're like, yes! And doesn't that excite you? Like something when you're within your heart's like, I had a part to play in that because it is better. You are blessed when you give than when you receive. Now, can you just imagine for a moment, though, that teenager on Christmas morning, not sure if they're going to get anything this year, and they open up a random gift from a random stranger that they have never met. Now, can you imagine their heart? But for us, we understand it is better to give than it is to receive. And here is what I know: generosity is contagious. It's contagious. Someone pays. If you're at Starbucks, you're at Dunkin', and someone pays for your coffee, what do you then do to the car behind you? You pay for theirs. You're like, cause it's contagious. Unless you pull up to the window and you ordered one coffee and then the car in front of you paid for yours, but the car behind you had five coffees. <laughs> and you're like, ah, barista, what I meant to say was the car behind the car behind me. What was their bill? 11 bucks, I got you. Yes, I would like to pay for the car behind the car. Right, and said, so, no, but what do we do? It's contagious. Someone does something kind for you and you wanna do something kind in return. So just a few days ago, this happened to me. I was uh, it, real busy Friday and I was like, I really need a haircut. And we had a conference that, that we were hosting here in our building. And I was like, I gotta go get my haircut. And so I go, I was like, I, have about a, I got about a 20 minute window. There was no wait. And so I sign in online I go, and, I go, and I go and I go get my haircut. And this lady starts cutting my hair. And typically, how many know the first question they usually ask you, what do you do? That's usually when I lie and I make up some story about, no, I'm just kidding, I don't. I said, I said hey, I'm a, I'm a pastor here in town. She's like, oh, what church? I was like, Radiant Life Church. She's like, oh, that's the one over there on that road. I was like, Hartman, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that one being built. I was like, yeah, it's about eight. The building's about eight years old. Just started having conversation. And she's talking about taking her grandkids. And I feel like she is trimming my hair one, one hair at a time. And I, my phone's going off and I'm like, I got to get back to the church. I got to get back to the church, please. I'm the church, And I just keep talking and I keep talking about the church and what we're doing and, and the conference we we're holding and, and generosity and all. And it was just a great conversation. Well, then I go to pay and another lady walks up and goes, hey, I just want you to know the client that I was cutting their hair. They paid for your haircut as well. And I was like, what? I was like, that is so awesome. I love that. And then when I go to ring out, the lady's like, hey, well, everything's covered. And I said, hey, I just wanna make sure, did they, did they leave a tip for you? And she was like, yeah, it's all taken care of, we're good. And I was like, I don't carry that much cash on me. And I had $10 in my wallet. I said, well, today's a great day for you to be double blessed today. So thank you for cutting my hair and I appreciate you. And you know, if you ever wanna to come to Radiant Life Church, we'd love to have you. And I gave her $10 in cash and I, and I left going, man, it was so good. It felt so good to receive, but you know what? It felt even better to give. Right? It felt even better to give, and, and I hope that's what you're hearing with the heart of this series. And so let's unpack a few more scriptures this morning. Proverbs 11, 24 through 25. It says, One man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Now, the reason I'm unpacking all of this scripture for you is because I don't want to give you my opinion. Whenever I stand up here in this pulpit and behind this podium, I'm not, I'm not trying to give you my opinions. I'm trying to unpack the word of God. We said this in week two. Generosity, giving, is not so much a money issue. It's a discipleship issue because as we're reading in the word, a generous man will prosper. A generous woman will prosper. But he who refreshes others... Then we're refreshed. Second Corinthians chapter nine. We're gonna look at verses six through eight and then verse 11. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously, again, here's that word generous, will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And in verse 11. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every. (sighs) Don't you wish just sometimes the scripture, like we could change it, but we can't change it because wouldn't it be great if it says if we could just be generous on one occasion, but the text tells us to be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You know what this verse tells me? It tells me that the measure you sow is the measure you will reap. The measure in which you sow will be the measure that you reap. Think about it for a moment from the, the context of eventually, and this has been a very mild winter, right? How, how many are thankful for that? Except for the snow that we got the other day where I was like, where'd that come from? Uh, I'm like, come on. Uh, but but here in a few short months, you're gonna start planting gardens, right? It's one of the things behind our shed. We got these little garden boxes and we, we do cucumbers and, and tomatoes and uh, some zucchini. And, and so we're gonna have these little gardens. Here's Here's what I know. If I go to the nursery and I get either the seeds or the small plants and I just leave them in my car, how many know that I'm not going to have a garden? If you go buy a bunch of seeds and you just hold them in your hands, how many know you're, you're not going to get a harvest of cucumbers? You're not going to get a harvest of peppers, because you are holding on to something that you were never meant to hold on to. And so for us, we have to be willing to what? We have to be willing to put those seeds in the ground. We have to be willing to nurture them and water them. And then you will have a harvest. So reaping and sowing lets me know that only what is given away can be multiplied. Only what is given away can be multiplied. If you're going to hold on to it, how can God multiply it? If you're going to hold on to those seeds, how is God going to, going to be able to multiply it? We have to be willing to give it away. Next week, we're going to unpack our mission, at our missions conference. I, ho- I hope you'll be here. Uh, we have a special guest, uh, Randy Young, who is the founder of a ministry called Agora. He's going to be with us, and he's he's going to, he has taken he's probably gone through more uh, passports than anybody I know because he travels that much, and he's been I mean he's been all over the world. Uh, and he's been having an, he's had an opportunity to not only travel himself and to spread the gospel, but he's raising up other young men and women who are who are called in missions. We got we got ones that we sponsor that are on their way to Japan here next week, and uh, there's another that are the Connors who were here uh, last year. They're in France, and man, he 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 is when you talk about missions, he he bleeds missions. And he's going to be sharing with us his heart. And when you, when you come next week and you're going, be, you're going to be receiving a pamphlet and on it, it's going to see this graphic. It's going to say Kingdom Builders and it's going to list out every single missionary that we support on a monthly basis. It's going to list out every single agency that we support abroad and here locally. It's going to list out all of the churches that we helped plant in 2023. Because if you don't know it, your generosity Right, we send we send uh, about fifty five hundred dollars a year because of your generosity to the Ohio Ministry Network, and with that money, right, we send more than that. But for that little portion that we send, that goes to OCMN, so Ohio Church Multiplication. And last year in Ohio, there were thirteen new churches planted. That means you helped part thirteen new churches. Isn't that awesome? So why are we why are we showing you this? Because when we talk next week about missions and we take up pledge cards about missions, I want you to know it's not it's not just something that we we say we do, we participate in. So every year we take up an offering for camp. And you're like, yeah, a couple, you know, we throw five bucks in, we throw 10 bucks in, and our kids and our youth get to go to camp. Can I just can I just hit pause for a moment and and let you know what that generosity does? So we send 20, 30 kids, 20, 30 teens to camp every year. Last year's offering was a little over $5,000 and we were able to knock like 75 to $100 off. Camp's about 325 bucks for every kid that goes. We're able to knock 75 to $100 off for every kid that goes. I want you to know that, that over the last two years, Pastor Angel has taken her summers and mentored Mentored so anywhere between eight and 13 teenagers who feel called into ministry, whether that's youth pastor, elite pastor, campus pastor, or missionary. And do you know where the majority of those children have all, and those teens have gotten their calling? Is at camp. So let that sink in for a moment. This year alone, I think we have Elliot Gray uh, who's going with his parents to El Salvador. Uh, Hayden Chenevy is going to Peru. We have Lexi Hersey and Olivia Perupski who are doing a two-month internship. They're giving their summer, two months to go to Asia. What? By the way, here's the crazy thing. They're just going to graduate high school this year. And this isn't like, oh, we're going to, you know, because sometimes like when you graduate high school and you're like, I'm just going to take my summer and I'm going to do nothing and mooch off my parents and, and just drive around. and do. No, this is, I'm going to give up my summer, my first summer after graduating, that summer where like I'm preparing to go to school and so I'm just going to sleep in until noon. No, I'm going to give my entire summer to spread the gospel in countries, some of which which aren't even open to the gospel. They received that calling at camp. They are living out that calling, but your generosity helped get them to camp where they received that calling. Do you see what God is able to do when we release it? When we release it, he does the rest. He's just asking, are we willing to be generous? Our church is generous, therefore God is blessing us. And knowing that it's better to give to receive, then God is asking us to be extravagant with our generosity. He's, he's asking us to go above and beyond with our generosity. He's asking us to be kingdom builders with our generosity. Look at John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. It says, then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead, there they made him a supper and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Can you just imagine, I don't know. I know this isn't Easter, but can you just imagine sitting at the table like a week ago you were dead and now you're alive and you're just sitting at, the, you're sitting at a table having lunch with Jesus? Like, how cool is that? It's just crazy. It's mind blowing. It says, "'Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil, spikenered and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of oil.'" But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial for the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. What an extravagant gift. Like this, this, this perfume was like a year's wages. Can you just imagine? Like She could have used it. She could have sold it. And yes, she could, have, she could have used it for the poor. But in this moment, she is using it to anoint the feet of Jesus. This is an extravagant, generous gift. And, and why would someone give such a large gift to the Lord? It, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, when our mouth speaks, our actions follow And so this is flowing from a grateful heart. This is a heart. And she didn't even understand. When you look at the text, did she even understand what the gift was for? Jesus had to explain it. He said it in Matthew 26, 12 as well. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. She did it as a sacrifice, not knowing that just a few days later, Jesus is going to die. And and that oil, that fragrance is going to keep his body from stinking. Yet it was her generosity that caught the attention. And you ever wonder what, what was going on in Judas's mind when you read that text? Like, Judas, how are you calling out this woman when you're a thief? But here's, here's the issue. You see two hearts that are displayed in this passage. One is generous and one is selfish. And here's what caused that to be on display was Generosity. It was her generosity that showed her heart and it was his selfishness because of, because of his lack of generosity that showed his heart. And maybe for some of us in the room today, maybe for some of us watching online, we have a little bit of Mary and we have a little bit of Judas within our own hearts. We, we wanna be generous, but there's something that, that holds us back. In week one, we talked about it is that money reveals our hearts. And what we have to remember is all of us are born with a little bit of selfishness How many know you never taught your children to say the word mine? But how many know every child says the word mine, right? You put 10 toys in front of a child and you try to take one and they learn, oh, that's mine. That is my toy. Don't take my toy. Even though as a parent, you bought that toy, it still belongs to the child. But you didn't tell your child, hey, here's what I want you to do. Anytime somebody touches your toy, I want you to say mine. No, because ingrained with all of us, there's, there's a little bit of selfishness. And so we have to be willing to fight against that. You see, Judas used the poor as an excuse. And the reason he used the poor as an excuse is because he wanted to hide his own selfishness. The Bible calls Judas a thief. He had selfish motives. He sold Jesus for 30 30 pieces of silver. Do you know what that would be equivalent to today in today's economy, today's market? Somewhere between 250 and $300. He sold the savior of the world. Turned him over for 250 to $300. But Judas is the one who's calling everybody out. Mary, why are you doing that? If you would have sold that, you could have given it to the poor. But what he was really doing was hiding behind his selfishness. And, and, and we may look at others and, and we, may not, we may not say things like you could give it to the poor, but when we look at some houses, we may think, why did they have to build such an extravagant house? Couldn't they have given more to the poor? Why do they have to drive such an expensive vehicle? Couldn't they have given more to the poor? Why why do they wear such nice clothes? Couldn't they have got their ripped up jacket from Walmart for 11.99? Yes, yes I did. (laughs) Here's what I love about clothes. If you keep them long enough, I think I got this outfit like six, seven years ago. You just don't wear it for a year and then you wear it and everyone's like, oh, is that new? Like, yeah, no. But, but we look at others and, and what do we do? We begin to cast judgment and think they could do something else with their money. Last week, Super Bowl, there was a commercial that the entire world is up in arms about, including the church. It's called He Gets Us. He Gets Us. They show Jesus washing feet. He Gets Us. And then the other side was like, one side is like, I don't understand this. And would Jesus really do this? And the other side's like, that was a Super Bowl commercial that cost millions of dollars. Shouldn't they have done something like give that to the poor? Sure. Can I unpack something for you if you're not aware? The majority of the funding of the He Gets Us movement is funded by David Green, the founder and CEO of Hobby Lobby. Some of you are like, well, he should have given more to the poor. Did you know that Hobby Lobby already gives 50%? 50% of its earnings to benevolence and to needs, they give it away. 50%. Find me another company that gives 50% away and judge them for their generosity. Did you know in 2022, David Green did not sell his company? Now understand, he's a billionaire. So you're like, well, I don't feel too bad for him. He didn't sell it for billions of dollars. He put it in a trust and did not make a penny off of moving it to the trust. And do you know why he moved it to the trust? He said this way after the company does everything they have to do and gives all its employees and builds its building and do everything they have to do, the trust then takes the remainder of the money and gives it away generously. So no one's owning it and receiving it, but we in 501c3s and churches and organizations are the benefactors of his crazy generosity when he could have sold all 936 stores and the entire business for billions of billions of dollars, but he didn't, so that way it could fund other organizations. But we're like, oh, this is crazy that he would use this money to, to, spread the, to, spread, to spread the gospel during the Super Bowl. How offended can we be as Christians that the gospel message went out during the Super Bowl? That's crazy, right? But here's the thing. Here's what he, he wanted people to know. When it comes to generosity, it had nothing to do with profit. It had everything to do with purpose. It's not about profit, it's about purpose. And so maybe it's time for us to stop trying to focus on, on how little we give and pointing out the prosperity in other people's lives. Because maybe he's blessed, he's blessed many people and maybe you have a nicer car than Luke King's 1992 Ford Ranger. Let's go. I don't even, is, was that close on the year? 2002, I was 10 years off. It looks like it's 10 years older, buddy. Um <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it still runs. That's all I know. It's got Fred Flintstone. You like, you peel up the carpet and then you use your feet on the asphalt. It stops though, right? But, but here's the thing. And, 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 and Luke could go, look at all the cars everybody else has. But he doesn't because he has a heart of generosity. He doesn't see what everybody else sees. He doesn't care what everybody else is driving. And who uses truck for kingdom purposes? So shouldn't we be saying, praise God? Shouldn't we be saying praise God when when God blesses other people and they've stewarded their finances well? You see, selfishness doesn't care about the poor. And whenever you focus on me and our needs, then we only look to what we need. You see, selfishness provides a good reason not to be generous. But God is asking us to be generous. And we say things like, if I had more, I would be generous. If God blessed me more, I'd be generous. Our, Our problem is not that we don't have enough. Our problem is that we think we can never have enough. Did you hear that? It's not that we don't have enough, it's think that we can never have enough. And so what are we gonna do with it? Maybe our problem is we become too me focused. Did you ever, you ever think for just a moment and we, we see this, the more that we get, the more that we consume? Like the more, the more that's put in front of us, the more food that's brought to us, the more that we eat. The more that comes our way, the more we consume. What if, what if God is, is looking for us to be rivers instead of reservoirs? See, a river has an inlet and outlet. Whatever comes in goes out. But reservoirs, they're stagnant. And if water is not drained from those reservoirs, they become stale. And God is asking us for our generosity to be rivers. What comes in? Let's flow out. So that way we don't become stale and callous and cold. And so the question that I have for you this morning is, can God give through you? Can God give through you? As we wrap up this series, I wanna give you three quick mindsets and then I'm gonna get you out of here and then we won't talk about generosity for another six years, okay? Oh, I can't say that. Well, I'm sure we will. We'll talk about it next week when it comes to missions, but, but just hear me on this. I wanna give you three mindsets and the first is this, because we, we can have the mindset of the bag. The bag tells us that it's not enough, right? The first mindset is the bag. It means not enough. In Haggai 1.6, it says you eat but do not have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put it into a bag with holes. You see, generosity is always a battle between a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset. It's, it's the bag. It's, it's never enough. I've never had enough. I, I can't be generous because I don't have enough. I trust the bag more than I trust God with the money. And, and this is where our culture is. In 2022, if you were anything like me, I checked, I checked about every week, every three days, I was checking my retirement account. And all I seen was this. And I was like, I'll never retire. But here's the deal. We don't, we don't trust the bag. We trust in Jesus. God never asked us to put our trust in money. And the Bible never told us to trust in money. But it did tell us to put our trust and our hope in Jesus. You see, Judas was consumed with the money in the bag. That's what he was consumed with. He had the bag and it covered his selfishness. And he wanted to point out the poor to others. But a bag tells us that it's never enough. The second mindset is the basket. The basket is we have more than enough. Deuteronomy 28, four through six says, the fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, your basket and your kneading your trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. So there is a basket, there is a blessing. In Luke chapter six, verse 38, give and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Now some of you may be reading that and you're like, I don't understand that verse, given will be given back to you. Good measure, what's this pressed down, shaken together, what's this running over? Well, we'll understand the context in which the scripture would have been shared. Like this, is, this is talking about a, a somebody who's laboring in the fields. And so when they were laboring in the fields, they were working, they would only fill the baskets to about three quarters full because they were not the benefactor of this basket. That was a part of their work. And so they didn't want to drop it. They, didn't want to, they were just going to take the portion that they could carry easily and be able to disperse it from there. But it didn't belong to them. However, however when it says it's going to be shaken together, pressed down, running over— Whenever they were able to go in the fields and gather for themselves, whenever the poor were able to go in the fields and gather for themselves, they would take their basket, they would smush, they would press, and it would be running over as much as they could carry. Why? Because they were the benefactor of that blessing. And so that's what God is trying to get us to see today. Give and it will be given back to you. Good measure, like press down. We'll get as much in that basket and there will always be more than enough. Throughout this series, I'm telling you, if, if we could just capture all of the stories, there are stories upon stories of people who've come up to me and they're like, oh my goodness, this happened, this happened. Even this past, past Sunday, I had an elderly woman come up to me. Well, I shouldn't have said "elder." I can't tell you your name now because you'll hate me forever. But there was an elderly woman who came up to me and she said, Pastor Lance, and understand, this woman, this woman just made a donation to the church to help needs because God put it on, upon her heart. She's like, I don't have a ton of money, but I feel like I'm supposed to do something. And she goes, I just found out this week that after I, after I wrote those checks and I was so worried, would I have enough in my account? God multiplied that. I got more that I didn't even know was coming. And I found out that I'm getting more in my monthly check than I, than, than I was even supposed to get. And it's gonna even be more. And she, she just was crying. She goes, look how God keeps taking care of me. Yeah. And there could be story after story of how God is doing that. It's pressed down, it's shaking together, it's running over. that's who God is. So we have a bag, we have a basket, and the last mindset is the barn. The barn is infinitely more than enough. In Deuteronomy 28, verse 8, it says, the Lord will send a blessing on your barns and everything you put to your hand. So this is an overflowing abundance. This is a massive abundance. In Luke 16, or Luke 12, I'm sorry, verses 16 through 21, remember I told you I was going to give you so much scripture. You're like, this is, I don't, there's even, all this in the Bible, yes, just don't take my word for it. Make sure you look for it yourself. But Luke chapter 12, it says, and he told them this parable. Again, this is Jesus. Remember 16, 38 parables, all about finances. This is one of them. It says, the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store up all my grain and all my goods. And I'll say to myself, do you see this turning poorly? And then I'll say to myself, You have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. Now, again, this is not, that was not me making up a story. This is the word of God. This is the word of God. And and, and you gotta be like, man, why was God, why is God so angry? Was God angry because the man was blessed? No, God is not angry because the man was blessed. God was angry because this man was not generous with the blessings that were being poured out. He's like, oh, you're storing it up. But who was he storing it up for himself? For himself. He thought to himself, look what's happening to me. And so I'm gonna be taken care of and this is gonna be great. And I will keep all of it. And God's like, I don't need you to be a reservoir. I need you to be a river. And you're like, but Pastor Lance, I don't have a barn. So your analogy may be broken. The scripture may not, may not be applicable to me. You may not have a barn, but you probably have a basement or a garage or shed. And it may have things in it. And I'm not saying you're hoarding them, but what I'm saying is that you, you have stuff and God's not mad if you have stuff but does your stuff have you? Does it own you? Could it be that we're the rich man in the scripture? We have barn blessings, but give with a bag mindset, right? We're, we're blessed infinitely and it's abundance, it's overflowing, but we're holding onto a bag with holes. Because like, God, how, how could I be generous? But it goes back to this principle, only what can be, only what is given away can be multiplied. What if the next time Just imagine, what if the next time you you ran into a few funds that you didn't think to yourself, "How how much of this do I get to keep? What if your first thought was, reverse that, say that backwards. Not how much should I give, but how much should I keep? Do you see the difference? One says, I'm gonna give a portion away. The other says, man, I'm gonna be as generous as I could possibly be. I love this quote from Jim Elliott. He says this, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Someday this earth will pass and you will pass and you will take nothing of materialistic value with you. There is no U-Haul. There's nobody coming to move your stuff. None of it will matter anyway when you're surrounded by his glory. We don't need the sun. We don't need the moon, the stars, because his glory is more than enough for, for all of that. And yes, I get it. Like I, I, I love, my heart is, I really want to leave my children in an inheritance so that they will start better than I started with nothing. I think back to pastor angel and angel eyes first, first place. We got married. We were so ecstatic to own our first place. It was 14 by 48, I think, cause it was a trailer. I think we paid like six grand for it or something crazy. I mean, we were crazy. I mean, six grand. I was driving a Trans Am at the time. And I was like, I'm pulling my car under a carport and this car costs 10 times more than this place that we live. But it didn't matter. I I wasn't taking that trailer and I wasn't taking the car. None of it mattered. But here's here's the amazing thing about generosity. The material stuff, we won't take it with us. But do you know what we can take with us to heaven? And it's the only thing that we will ever take with us to heaven? People. People. And you're like, no, 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 no. They're not gonna come with us if we invest with our time and our treasures and our talent into people, if we are sowing the word of God, we will reap a harvest. And one day, one day, just let this sink in. I know you're, some of you are like, if you talk one more time about the birthing centers in Tanzania, I will get up and I will walk out of this church. One day, there will be hundreds and thousands and potentially hundreds of thousands of people who will not have the same skin color as you who will not have the same accent as you from Ohio. But they'll be speaking in their native Swahili and they will be saying to you, they may be saying things like, Buana Asafiwe, Buana Asafiwe for you. That means praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for you. Why? Because when you gave, there was a birthing center that was built in my life. My life mattered so much that I was able to then spread the gospel. And I was, I, I've led hundreds and thousands of people to the Lord. So there's thousands of people here with me because of you. So we can't take stuff, but we can take people. God wants us to be extravagant givers. So the question I leave with you with this series is do you have a heart of generosity? you have a heart of generosity. your eyes closed, no one looking around, I'm gonna close with prayer. The most extravagant gift we could ever give to the Lord is not in a monetary value. You could write the largest check. You could give the biggest donation online. That would not be the most extravagant gift you could ever give to the Lord. The most extravagant gift you could ever give to Jesus is your heart is your heart. Because it's when we say yes, it's when we live in surrender to the Lord. It's when we we give up control of trying to do it our own ways and say, Jesus, I need you. Would you come into my life? That's the most extravagant gift we could ever give the Lord is saying, God, you have my heart. Because that decision alone changes the trajectory of your life by surrendering to Jesus. If you're here this morning, if you're watching online, one of our hosts is gonna pray with you. If you're here in the room and that's you, you're like, but you didn't talk about money. Yeah, we're not, just because we talk about money doesn't mean we can't talk about Jesus because Jesus talked about money. But what it reveals is your heart. So if you'd like to give your heart the most extravagant gift you could ever give to Jesus with no one looking around, just slip your hands toward heaven and I'm gonna close out our time of prayer this morning. Thank you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that we don't have to be offended about a series on generosity, that we can come just as we are. God, you're not looking at the amount of the gift. You're looking at the attitude of our heart and the posture of our heart with our generosity. So Lord, I I pray that you would help us to see our lives as rivers, as conduits, building your kingdom, that we're not supposed to, build bigger barns, to keep more stuff for ourselves. But God, I pray that we have a barn mindset that sees you have given us more than enough. And because you have given to us, we want to be able to give to others. And we want to be able to see your kingdom advance here on earth, locally and globally. So help our hearts to align with your heart, Jesus. We give you praise and glory in all things in Jesus' name. Amen.